so I'll, I'd like to open with a scripture today, and then we can get into some celebrations before we hit the message. But if we could stand for a reading of God's word. This is out of the book of Romans, chapter 5, and also 1 Peter, chapter 3. It says this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Amen. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. And this is it. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. And this is 1 Peter 3. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned. But he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but was raised to life in the spirit. Amen? Why don't you grab a seat? Welcome home once again. So glad you're here. Uh, so, so, so great to see so many familiar faces and just to welcome you all back. Anyone joining us online, welcome home as well. You're at home probably, and we wish you were here, but, um, but maybe sometime soon. Hey, we all know it's Easter, and there's no better time to celebrate new life and new change and, and, a, and an amazing movements of, of relationship and love than on Easter. And so today, we just want to celebrate three quick things. First, our friend Doreen turned 93 this past week. You don't look a day over 63, Doreen, and you're agile, and we love you, and we're so grateful that you call this church home. Uh, two other quick celebrations. Uh, we've got two new marriages coming up here at the church. First is between Garrett and Tessa. Where are you guys? You're in the tech booth. We honor you, and we celebrate you. And we're so excited. Make sure you give them. They're in the tech booth right now. Garrett, do not distract her from the slides again, okay? <laughs> Today is, this is, this is important, Garrett, okay? No, but make sure you give them big high fives after service. Um, also, we've got another great love brewing and uh, finding its ultimate fulfillment in, in Jake and Katie. And you guys are sitting over here. We celebrate you, Gen Zers, and we, we honor you, and, we, and we're so grateful that you call this church home, and we're so excited to celebrate uh, your life together from here, from here on out. So, uh, how's everyone doing? Good? Okay. Enough celebrating. So today is the day uh, on what is, without a day, the greatest day of the year. As we remember the death and the resurrection of Christ that ultimately brought all who believe safely home to God. And we remember the climax of all human history that made us friends of God. Isn't that wild to think about? That, that, that Jesus came and he made us friends of God. The God who, who formed mountains and poured oceans. The God who created everything we see and everything we can. Jesus came 
and he made us friends of God. So today we remember, and, and as we do, I'd like to focus our hearts and minds on, on really the permanence of what Jesus accomplished as he was raised from the dead. And I, and I want to talk about permanence, like we just heard in 1 Peter 3, that Christ suffered for our sins once and for all time. I want to park on permanence mostly because I, I think the vast majority of us have a really hard time processing and understanding and accepting the concept of things being forever, of things being everlasting and unconditional and eternal. In our world today, the idea of anything lasting forever or being final or permanent or absolute is absolutely foreign, right? I mean, think back to all the friendships you once had when you were young, the ones that seemed indestructible, the ones that you bought that special necklace that would break in half with friends forever, you know? Where did those friendships go? As they failed or faded the course of time for all sorts of reasons. Think, think back for a second uh, about the stock market this past year, <laughs> right? 2021, 2020, crushed, right? All of your retirement in these portfolios, and it's now hopped the wave of inflation. It's now hopped the wave of potential re recession. Think about your, think about your mobile phone, your, your iPhone or whatever, which was once the pinnacle of modern technology. And now after a year, a new one came out. And so the old one is antiquated. And, and, and so it came out with a new camera so you could post better selfies. And this is just our world, right? The world, I would say, is defined by three words. And that is nothing lasts forever. And we see it, that nothing lasts forever, from our taxes to our relationships to movies and investments. Time is linear in this infused world as futures become present to become past, like it or not. Nothing lasts forever. A single moment of action or decision, no matter how great, can never guarantee a perpetual conclusion. Nothing we do with our days carries with it the power of permanence. Everything eventually ends, unless you keep pouring energy upon energy toward the outcome. And there's a scientific principle that God actually made. We read about this in Colossians, that God made everything, the things we see and the things we can. So God made the scientific principle to support this shared experience called the second law of thermodynamics, which basically says that unless you keep pushing, what you're pushing will eventually stop. The order you create will turn to chaos. The progress you made will regress to where you began. Why? Because nothing lasts forever. There's always more to do. There's always more to cover, and there's always more to pay for. Even when you think you've reached the end and you've arrived at success, there's always another level to reach or bill to pay. And this is the world we live in, one more time, where nothing lasts forever. So everyone's feeling great now, right? But this reminds me, this reality, right? This, this reality, it reminds me of when I was in college the first time around. Um, during the first week of classes, there would be this, like, welcome to campus fair. And if anyone's been to school recently, you'd know what I'm talking about, where all sorts of student organizations and community organizations, they'd set up tables to try to get people to sign up, right? And there'd be these businesses that would come, and they had tables, too. And I remember week one of undergrad as a young, dumb college kid, I saw this guy waving at me from across the quad, and he was just saying, hey, come on over. And I was like, cool. And he said, come on over. Sign up today, and you have instant access to free money. And I thought, 
that sounds, that sounds amazing. You, money you don't have to pay back for six months. I'm like, man, wow, free money. Let's do it. And so I signed up first, right, with, with Visa card. And then I saw Discover card just down a few tables. And it looked like they really wanted to be my friend too. And so I signed up with them. And all of a sudden, friends, I had all this free money. So many sub sandwiches, I just want to say in 1999, all this free money. And it was free until it wasn't anymore, right? When six months later, they started calling and asking for it back. Now, long story short, I get into some pretty significant debt to which I am unable to pay back. And so what do I do? I hide from it. I hide from the debt. I ignore their calls. And goodness, were they persistent, right? They would call and call and call, demanding a repayment of my debt. And it was probably a year or so before I finally, just being so desperate for the phone to stop ringing, I finally pick it up and work out a payback schedule. My parents are very proud about this moment, okay? <laughs> but listen, from, yes, we're learning, we're all learning. It's a sanctification process, right? But listen, from there, and I love that all the people in the room that went through this, like we are comrades from here ever, okay? But listen, from there, over the course of two, three years, I end up paying off all the debt that came from what I spent, but also from the interest of what I borrowed, right? I paid it all off, and I remember calling in. I was, I was in, in college the second time around, <laughs> and I called, I called in my last payment. And as I hung up, I was like, finally, my debt is gone. It's paid for, it's forgiven once and for all. And it was forgiven, but it wasn't forever. I mean, yes, that one specific debt, and maybe you can relate to this, that one specific debt was gone, but then as time passed, you know, I bought a house. And, and I eventually got a different car. And, and then there were student loans and, and credit cards. And, and after we got married, we had kids. And now we live in California, where it costs like 10 times more than anywhere else in the world. <laughs> And before you know it, friends, debt, debt comes back, right? Now, I'm not running from it anymore. I'm not hiding from it. I'm not dodging the phone calls from the debt collectors. But it's there. And there's nothing I can do in my life to create a one-and-done, one-time payment solution. Debt never just disappears. It always has to be paid. And this is life as we know it. Unfortunately, nothing lasts forever on its own, which is why, back to the beginning, I know some of you are like, what are you getting at, guy? Back to the beginning, this concept of something actually being permanent, of being eternal, like it's complete, it's over and done, and now for all eternity things are said. It can be hard for us to understand this. It can be hard, even harder for us to embrace and believe as we exist within this linear system of time, still this reality of permanence that I want to talk about today. This reality of permanence truly is the greatest news of Easter. That even with the laws of nature intact, God through Christ stepped into our human experience where nothing lasts forever to pay for what we could never afford on our own. Unconditional relationship and eternal forgiveness. Jesus paid for unconditional relationship with God and eternal forgiveness for our sins once and for all. Can you say that with me real quick? Once and for all. One more time. Once and for all. And this is the good news 
of Easter. And again, I know this might sound a little unbelievable for some, maybe even a little fairy tale-ish, but since I got you and you're all sugared up with jelly beans and chocolate eggs, I just ask just for a moment that you would indulge me and listen with an open mind to the greatest story ever told, and maybe, just maybe, choose today to welcome this good news of permanence into your heart and mind. The good news of unconditional relationship and eternal forgiveness, all because the grave was empty. Sound good? All right, does anyone still have any jelly beans? Chris, can you toss one up? No, I'll get it after, I'll get it after. All right, so as we break this down, I'd like, to, uh, I'd like to look at this story through two stages. I want to talk about how it started and where it's going. How it started, meaning why do we even have Easter in the first place? Why is it necessary? And then second, I want to talk about where it's going or how this story actually affects us and what it means for the world and for all who believe. So as we dig in today, again, I want you to be processing this through the lens of forever. Forever, unconditional and eternal. So here's how it started. According to our Christian confession, over the course of 2,000 years, our Christian confession and faith, in the beginning, God made everything, and it was good. Everything was as it intended to be, including there was a healthy, thriving relationship between God and people. But then, as the story goes, Adam and Eve were deceived into believing that being like God and, and being his steward and being in relationship with God, it wasn't, it wasn't enough, that they deserved to be God's too, and so they ate the fruit. And they welcomed that second law of thermodynamics into creation, right? Where it was once created to perpetually flourish was now destined to die. And what was once eternal now became fleeting. The three words of the fall, nothing lasts forever. But God, he hated this change. He hated this reality, and so he made a plan to bring a permanent fix to all that we broke so we might one day exist together in close relationship again. So God had a plan from the very beginning. But along the way to this forever fix that we see on Easter called Jesus, God also created a system called the Law of Moses to manage the brokenness of the world while we waited. It was a way for people to still exist in, in good standing with God, but the solution was temporary. Meaning you could find forgiveness to the debt accrued by sin, but as soon as you stepped outside of God's way again, and sinned again, the debt was once again looming over you, just like me in college, right? So the system, it didn't free you from the power of sin and death. It just temporarily covered the penalty in God's sight. That is until you sinned again. And we see this, this system and, and, this, and this reality in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 when it says this. It'll be on the screen. It says, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide the perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Why? Because nothing lasts forever. Verse 2. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time. And their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And this is key. 
Y'all, this is key for us to understand that even with the system that God made to manage and live within the brokenness of the world, even with our best efforts, we were never able to experience perfect freedom. We were never able to experience the perfect cleansing that came from sacrifice, for it is not possible, verse 4 says, for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And this is how it started. Nothing lasts forever, which left humanity, and maybe you, some of you have felt like this. The system, it left humanity in this constant state of, of insecurity, this constant state of, of hustle, just always working toward the next end always working towards the next end where any forgiveness or connection they might have felt or experienced with God was just temporary. And, and, and for thousands of years, friends, this was the only way. For thousands of years, as they waited for the final fix to come, this was the best it could be. But then, but then something, something changed, right? Something shifted, Lori. Say it again. Hallelujah. Something changed that day that the stone was rolled away and the grave was empty. Something that had been anticipated for thousands of years had finally come. And while I could, I could paraphrase this part of the story, allow me to read it from the scriptures. When God finally turned nothing lasts forever into once and for all. And it's a, it's a lot of Bible, but just stick with me. It'll be on the screen. Back to Romans. It says this, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. That's for you and for me. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some, someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Verse 9, And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So we can rejoice. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. Because our Lord Jesus Christ made us friends of God. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. We're getting close. Hebrews 10. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good, what does that say, for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool underneath his feet. For by that one offering he made forever 
By that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And this is it. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. This is the word of the Lord and the permanent, friends, the permanent work of Christ. Romans 5, when we were utterly helpless, Jesus came at just the right time and died for who? For us sinners. Romans 6, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. Hebrews 9, he was offered once and for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many. 1 Peter 3, he offered himself and suffered once for all time for our sins. Hebrews 10, and by that one offering, he forever, someone say the word forever. He forever made perfect those being made holy. This is the good news. This is the good news of Easter and where it all started. This is where it started when God turned nothing lasts forever into once and for all forever. Amazing. Now, that's how it started. Let's talk through where it's going because this is where it gets real good. Now that the stone was rolled away and, and with, this, with this reality, this empty grave reality of Easter that often seems too good to be true, what it actually means for the world. How, how do we get there? What does it mean for us? Well, according to our confession, once again, we believe that this forever fix that God made through, through the arrival, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we believe this fix for all who place their trust in Christ by his grace and your faith, we believe it saves you and it makes you a brand new person. I know, it's amazing. We believe that you are now born again into a whole new way of life and a forever future with God. And this future that is not earned by your own striving or sacrifice, Hebrews 10, it's not by the blood of bulls or goats. Now this future that was secured by the only high priest once and for all, we believe that it carries with it those two incredible promises. The first being unconditional relationship with God and eternal forgiveness of your sin. This promise carries with it two things, unconditional relationship and eternal forgiveness. Now, what does this mean? Let's break it down. Because the grave was empty, this is our confession. This is the Christian faith in a nutshell. Because the grave was empty, you can now exist in an unconditional relationship with God. Meaning, once you've crossed that line of faith and given your life to God, there is nothing you can do that would cause God to kick you out of the house. Romans 8 says it like this. Here's some more Bible for you. It says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, verse 37, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced, verse 38, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or the earth below Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in what? In Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
And that's what we heard. That's what we've been hearing all day in worship, in teaching, in the scriptures, and specifically in that Romans 5 passage. This is the third time through. I hope you'll like it. It says, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you home, safely home to God. And y'all, I just need you to know, there's nothing that you or me or anybody can do about it. This relationship that you now have with God is permanent. It is unconditional. Why? Is it because you're awesome? You got perfect church attendance? Give a bunch of money? Is it because of all the good moral things that you're doing? No, it's because God loves you. It's permanent because God loves you and did everything humanly possible and supernaturally necessary to bring you safely home. This means, if you're taking notes, it means that, that now because of God's love, your relationship with him is secure. It's good to go. No matter what you do or you don't, his love for you is forever. Are you hearing me? No more insecurities. No more forced or feigned apologies. From here on out, God is all in on you. And all he's calling you to do in return, after all he's done for you, all he's asking is that you would be all in with him. He is all in on you. And he just wants you to be all in with him. And this is what comes and what's available because of this forever fix called Easter. He did it for you once and for all. Once and for all. And that's the first thing that comes from this empty grave, an unconditional relationship with God. How? Because it first brought with it eternal forgiveness of your sin. We can exist as family with God because Jesus paid the price and gave us eternal forgiveness from our sin. And, and not just from the past, not just what we're experiencing today, but no, he, he paid it once for all time, right? Check this out, back to Romans 8. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him in this unconditional relationship with him, the, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. How about that? The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a, bodily, in a body like the bodies we sinners have, and in that body, gave, and in that body God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. And when sins have been forgiven, Hebrews 10, there is no need to offer any more sacrifice. Isn't that just amazing? What once took daily and yearly sacrifice just to, to temporarily cover our guilt, not to remove us from sin, but just cover the consequence of sin, to pay off our debt for yesterday as the bills still increase today and tomorrow. Now because of Christ, because of his sacrifice, our sins are forgiven forever, and now there is no need for any future sacrifice. We now have eternal forgiveness. It doesn't matter what happened before. 
What happens today or tomorrow, if you're with Jesus, you're covered. It was your debt, but his investment. And I tell you what, our dad is a rich dad. Our dad is a rich dad. And this is it. I would say if there's one thing I need you to be thinking through and processing as you leave here today, no matter where you're coming from, you could be a Christian for 70 years, for seven minutes, or you still got seven questions to ask before that leap of faith. But wherever you find yourself, in a world of never enough, in a world of always keep pushing, in this temporary world that's destined to die, I need you to know that Jesus is offering you permanence. A perpetual, unconditional relationship with God and everlasting, eternal forgiveness of your sin. This is what Jesus is offering. Why? Why would Jesus offer this? First Peter 3, to bring you safely home to God. But why? why? Why would Jesus go through the trouble? It's because God loves you. I don't know why. It makes no sense that God would love us to such great depths. But this is our confession. God's everlasting love for you and all of humanity sent Jesus into a temporary world not to condemn or to collect on sin, but to save the world once and for all, forever and a day. And this is why Easter, this is why Easter is such incredible news. And y'all, it's permanent. This moment that changed everything, it's never changing back. Now, now the only thing that still needs to change in response to this reality is, it's us. The offer of eternity awaits, but it's still up for, to us for you and, and for me. And it, remember, we live in this linear world where one day this offer won't be available to us anymore. But for now, in this moment, the offer of eternity awaits. But it's still up to you to want it, to accept it, to embrace it, and then to live it. God did everything necessary. God did everything necessary. He did all the heavy lifting so you might come safely home to him. He did it. And this is Easter, but you still have to choose to call heaven home. You still have to choose to welcome his forgiveness. And Romans chapter five, to rejoice in your wonderful new relationship with God. That's on you. Everything else is covered. Jesus chose to die once and for all, so you wouldn't have to but instead that you would choose to die to self, die to your old life so you might be born again as family in God's house once and for all. So as we, as we wrap this up, I know that a lot of us have, have been to Easter services. Maybe you come to church twice a year, Christmas and Easter. Just so you know, we've got services every week. <laughs> they come with good news every week, okay? But as we, as we wrap this up, I know that we all are coming from different backgrounds, different perspectives, different places on our journey of faith. I know that some of you have already decided to follow Jesus and welcome this grace and love into your life. Some of you are still on the fence. I get it. Some of you, you know, want to but don't know how to let go of your past, your pain, your guilt, your shame. You're still dodging the calls from your debt collectors. 
Some of you are indifferent to this whole thing, and you know you got you got brunch after, so you had to come to church. You know, I get. Uh, listen, I get, I get, I get that at every stage of this conversation. I get it. But I got you, and so here, here's here's what I need to leave you with, and, and this is just a moment of decision that I humbly present before you. You can either. This is you. This isn't about your parents. This isn't about what you inherit. This isn't about making a decision for someone else. This is you. You can either live for the temporary things, putting your trust in the temporary things that will always eventually let you down and leave you wanting more. And you know this, that this world always leaves you wanting more. Why? Because nothing lasts forever. So you can choose to invest your life in the temporary or you can trade your temporary for the permanence of Jesus. You can. And I know that many of you already have, and so you're just like, David, I already know what's going on. There are, listen, there, we have no idea where everyone's coming from today, okay? So you can trade your temporary for the permanence of Jesus. You can. You can choose to welcome the eternal life that Jesus died and rose again to offer you. So you might have this un unconditional relationship with God and eternal forgiveness of your sins. The offer awaits, but the decision is still yours. Will you live, will you live for nothing lasts forever or for once and for all? Will you continue to invest in the temporary or give your life to the eternal? Life ends either way. One day we will all stand before the Lord. And what do you got to say? That I'm here presenting my new stuff before the Lord? All the stuff that I invested in in this life? Or that God, I, I bow before you as your kid forever? That I am yours, you call me yours, you call me, you call me your son, your daughter in your house, and I am here to, to be brought safely home. Like, what are you gonna say before the Lord after you breathe that last breath? And I'm not trying to be like fanatic here, I'm not trying to be extreme. I just, this is a reality that we don't like to think about, but I gotcha. And so I need you. I need you to think and I need you to recognize that your life is a decision. And from this moment on, you have been presented a reality that you can occupy. And so I just wanna pray for you and we're gonna go and eat more candy and celebrate with our kids. They're just had like a neon egg hunt. It's, it's awesome, they're learning about Jesus. And we just sang, and we're, and we're gonna go and eat with our families. We're gonna have a great time celebrating new life, new marriages, birthdays, all this stuff. But this is, without a doubt, the most important thing you'll ever have to process in your life. Will I trade the temporary for the eternal? The nothing lasts forever for the once and for all. So I wanna pray for you, and then we're gonna, we're gonna go, but I'm just gonna give you an opportunity to make a decision here. So bow with me. And if you've already made this decision, let this decision be a moment of recommitment for you as well. So let's pray. Jesus, we honor you today. We recognize you, that you came and you died for us once and for all so that we might live uh, with, with eyes of eternity, God, that we might have eternal forgiveness of sin and, and an unconditional relationship with you, God. We, we acknowledge that and we honor you for that. 
God, for anyone that has already made this decision, I just encourage, I encourage them to just rededicate in this moment to say, yes, God, everything I have is yours. I choose to bypass the temporary to invest in the eternal today. But for anyone that's never made this decision to, to, to turn away from this, this, this temporary life and, and to really choose to, to call you home and to invest in you and to, and to say, Jesus, I believe, I just, I just, uh, I beg you today, friends, this is the moment, the greatest moment of your life. Everything from this moment on is different. And so if that's you, I just, I, it just goes a little something like this. It just says that, Jesus, I believe that you're real. Just acknowledge this in your heart and mind. Jesus, I believe that you're real, that you're good, that you love me and you lead to peace. I honor you today, and I believe that what they say about you is true. I give you my life. Jesus, I believe that you're real and you're good and you love me. I want to trade the temporary for the eternal today. God, take my life. Everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. So God, we honor you today. And we say welcome to anyone new in your house today. God, we honor, we honor the, the sacrifice that you made so we might come safely home. And while this, this simple moment, this simple prayer, it's not enough to perpetually carry us from here until heaven, God, without the additional energy, like, boosted in there, God, we, we say it's the beginning, and today is a step. Today is a step of faith, and tomorrow will be a second. And so, God, we, we acknowledge you again. We honor you. We celebrate you. And, God, we give our lives to you again and again and again as we trade the temporary once and for all. Jesus, we thank you. And it's in your name that we pray. And we all said, amen. Y'all, thanks for coming to church. It's great to see you. Thanks for listening. I hope you have an awesome Easter with family or whatever you're gonna do. If anyone has any questions about anything we talked about, come on down. We got a prayer team. We'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, seriously, go and celebrate the risen king for he is risen. Happy Easter, everyone. We'll see you soon.